So I think it's very important, as you've heard from so many incredible leaders for us at every moment in time, and certainly this one, to see the moment in time in which we exist in our present, and to be able to contextualize it, to understand where we exist in the history and in the moment, as it relates not only to the past, but the future. Vice President Kamala Harris. This is the Whiskey Rebellion Podcast, with your hosts Publius and Benevolus. I'm back, it's your boy Benevolus, and I'm solo this week for season two episode six of the whiskey rebellion podcast brought to you by 1794 studios and the gadsden press it's um you know it's thursday night april 27th and it's been one hell of a week and pour one out for jerry springer um, I always enjoyed watching his show when I was in college. I would get on, you know, the treadmill, the elliptical, or the bike or something about three o'clock in the afternoon, and they'd have Jerry Springer on. And I always enjoyed watching, um, you know, whatever chaos um, w- would ensue on the show. And I thought about opening with this quote, but I decided against it um, because of the theme of the show. And this is from one of his episodes. <laughs> Jerry said, you're a transsexual fighting with a hermaphrodite over a mistress. You know, good stuff there for the former mayor of Cincinnati and host of one of the most, you know, wild shows as you can imagine. Um, I always wonder if that shit was real. I don't know. Who knows? Aside from the point, because this episode, you're going to hear about four more years. I'm going to ask the question, four more years of Trump, or should we wish for four more years of Biden and Miss Kamala Harris, I guess Mrs. Kamala Harris, um, when she's not on her knees. But with that said, Justinian, Publius, thanks for filling in last week. Um, I did lose my voice, but it's good to be back behind the mic. I know they talked a lot of shit, but, you know, it's all love. I get it. Um, this last week, we had an, had a new post go up on Gadsden from Justinian. Everything Wrong with the Constitution, Part 4, the Second Amendment. When I've talked about these posts previously, I've said, uh, you know, um, uh, I'm just going to overview it. I'm gonna, I, I want you all to go read it, and, and I still do. But talking about the Second Amendment, it's tough for me not to dive in a little bit because of everything he discusses, it's everything that we've always discussed on this show, everything that all of you already know, right? Second Amendment, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Nazi's Constitution and Amendment 2. And it was a very important one for the states to ratify. And... It was important for for, for a number of reasons. Revisionist history, though. That's what I want to talk about. We we can sit here. We can talk about why the Second Amendment is so important. What's really important, though, is to understand what the other side tries to do to the Second Amendment beyond, oh, it kills, you know, we're here to kill kids. It's not actually for for people. You're never going to be able to take anybody down. Like, how are you going to take the military down with an AR-15? Well, what's interesting about that statement, real quick, is they say you're not going to be able to take the military down with an AR-15 because they have nukes and fighter jets, but then they call the AR-15 a weapon of war. So I'd really like to know from someone on the left which one it is, because that's the entire point of the Second Amendment. These guys didn't just get done on a you know, three-day hunting trip. They just got done building a damn country and leaving the most powerful nation in the world, regardless of, you know, resources, 
all of that, they still knew, look, we got to check the government. And what Justinian dives into is, yes, it doesn't go far enough. It's not clear enough for, for you know, modern times. But what, what he keeps coming back to in all these um, posts is the founders just thought, why would anybody ever go against this stuff? Like they're never, nobody's ever going to take it far enough where, you know, humanity isn't fearful of what the government can do as far as taking rights, stealing rights. Obviously we know the name of this very podcast. And I was trying to put, put a few things together because Justinian sent me, um, with the real Gadsden, not the real Gadsden, with the real, um, with the real Whiskey Rebellion flag is that's a little stumble there. And I went back, I reread the the, you know, everything about seventeen ninety four. And what you kind of start to think about is, okay, the farmers. The stillmakers, they rebelled because of a new tax on whiskey, whiskey rebellion. And they said, I thought we just start this country. I thought the whole point was that there weren't supposed to be massive increase in taxes or, or incremental increases in taxes. And Washington comes back and says, well, well, we have debts to pay off. We've been fighting for this country for, 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 for the war. And... You go back to the 1760s and the 1770s and these rich elitists in the United States, then the colonies, rebelled because Britain was going to raise the taxes about one half of 1%. So a half percent. And they said, no, we're not paying that. And then Washington rolls up and says... We're going to, you know, we're going to tax the whiskey because we have debts to pay. Well, Britain had debts to pay too. <laughs> so why does it make what the government did, what the government said was right? Already right away, you see two years, through two, three years into this new nation. Already things are already starting to topple and turn. And when you when you really put that into perspective that, well, they rebelled for a half percent and the whiskey tax was more than that. So why? Well, here's why. Because Washington was an elitist. You know, you hear all the stories. They wanted to make him king and he said no. They, they, they worshipped him and he didn't like it. Bullshit. Why did he become president? Why did he accept being the head chairman of the Constitutional Convention? People tried to say Washington was still one of the greatest presidents of all time. Listen to me. There's never been a great president. Every president in American history, every single one, has signed executive orders that overreached their power. Washington signed, I don't have the numbers up in front of me. Go look it up on your own time. He signed plenty of executive orders. Lincoln signed plenty of executive orders. You start to think about who are the presidents that didn't make it all the way, right? You start to throw JFK in there. You start to throw Nixon in there. You throw Trump in there in reality. Why? Because these guys weren't controllable. Because they knew that there was something else going on. I'm not saying that, you know, Watergate was being planned in 1794, but there is no opportunity that a politician wastes. Rule number one of, of, of Saul Alinsky, you, you never let a tragedy or a triumph, you know, not become a point of victory for your side. <clears throat> All that to be said, with Justinian's post about the Second Amendment, Part 4. We 
have this misconception these days of, well, these men, you know, the founders were, were put together this great document. They put together, listen, the great document was the Declaration of Independence. Go read that thing. You read that thing, you see the vision of a nation. You read the Constitution, you feel fragments of a dream. Okay. They didn't go far enough. And because of that, because they were said, who, who would ever in their right mind, you know, rebel against the fact that a government can be overpowering. We're left with what we have now, a broken amendment, a violated amendment. Whenever people try to argue with you about the second amendment, just remind them the law isn't for you or me. The law is for the government. It's to say what the government can and can't do. Especially the Bill of Rights. Everything wrong with the Constitution. Justinian on the Gazan Press. Go give it a read. Always appreciate reading those. Always appreciate our legal analyst. <clears throat> but I digress. Um, I want to jump into fuck the elites real quick. I want to wrap up Zelensky here. Um, you know, the more you read about this guy, the more it's clear why he is in the position he is. And earlier today, as I was preparing for the episode, I went back and listened to season one, um, NATO Has Fallen, one of our last episodes of season one. And that was the day that... Russia invaded Ukraine and the war kicked off, which, you know, we talked about on there. Putin waited a day because we, we hadn't shot the, shot the show yet. And so he knew, Hey, I want to be on, on the whiskey rebellion tonight, but you know, in there, I'm, I'm going to shit on Publius a little bit because he was very defensive of Ukraine. He sounded like a rhino. Well, why, why shouldn't, you know, we're not doing anything probably not going to do anything you know we're just going to let the ukrainian people die well i think Zelensky is Publius's second least favorite public figure behind tony fauci which i was really open Publius was going to be on tonight because there's a new york times piece about fauci this week and fauci's beginning his apology tour and trying to save his legacy and it's not gonna it's already not kicking off well anyways who is, I mean, he's on the same side. Don't worry. Believe me, it's it's tough to get out of the rhino mindset sometimes, especially when that's what you grew up in. But finishing up Zelensky, he is the Ukrainian Obama. All there is to it. You start you start to look at the patterns. The guy just wants to be famous. Everything he does, everything he names things, his, his, basically his cabinet, it's all his cronies, all his boys from his production company when he was a comedian and an actor. And you start to realize, well, if that's his interest, hmm, what adds up with that money? Look. I'm not going to sit here and act like if somebody didn't put billions of dollars in my face that it wouldn't be easy to, you know, walk away from that, right? Eternity changing. I mean, your family is set for eternity as long as no one's, you know, retarded with it. And to think, you know, everyone listening to this show right now, we all believe the same thing, that the money, especially the United States, sends to the Ukraine is just back-funneled money for Zelensky, for, for Ukrainian you know, mob bosses, for, for the Bidens, for the elitists throughout the world to get their money back that they lost during the pandemic. Okay. With that said, why Zelensky, right? 
Why this guy? Because he's easy to pawn. That's all there is really to this. I mean, I don't see anything else behind this guy as far as, um, you know, some world vision, some some evil plan to, to take everything over. You know, he's a, he's a Jew. He's what I call a light Jew. He doesn't really do anything. Um, you know, his, his original political party was independent. Now his political affiliation is servant of the people. That's literally the name of this political party. He originally said he wasn't going to re- rerun for election, re-election. And of course he is. They always do. Um, that said, of course he's going to fight for Ukraine. I don't blame him. He should. He knows Ukraine's corrupt. His actions, his what he's done, his political um, aspirations in the country show as much. That still doesn't mean that he's not under the influence of powerful people throughout the world. And that also doesn't mean that Ukraine's right in the end. Right. And we talked about it on that episode, actually. Um, we detailed it pretty well that Ukraine was set up in the 90s as the middle ground between NATO and Russia and the former Soviet Union, much like Kentucky or, um, you know, the border states during the Civil War were basically, you know, neutral common ground. And that's why Russia... You know, the more Ukraine tries to join NATO, join the European Union, Russia's like, what the hell? This was the agreement. Um, why Why does the Western world get to police everything, get to tell everybody what to do? It just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. We have to realize that. We have to realize that America oversteps. Way more than it doesn't. And the sooner you accept it, the sooner you can get other people to accept it, the faster we can move along and fight these things in real time and not behind the scenes. Okay? That being said with Zelensky, you know, he is a pawn. And I still don't like him. I still don't like, you know, Brad Paisley, and I still don't like the whole um, him coming to the U.S. I don't like him being on the cover of Vanity Fair. It's it's bullshit, and I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with that. But like I said, I don't see a truly deep connection with some, you know, World, new world order um, with Zelensky. And I, I think history will be kind to him. Um, much like I think history may one day be kind to Nixon, maybe. Um, or, or, you know, JFK. But... That being said, Zelensky, still an elitist. So fuck the elites, fuck you. And yeah, let's uh, let's go on to the next thing. <clears throat> Real quick. Um, hitting, let's see. Publis sent me his uh, many tweets for the week. What do we got? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this is... Um, this is pretty good. Biden. And this was uh, the 24th, so Monday. There's no such thing as someone else's child. No such thing as someone else's child. Our nation's children are all our children. I wish I could do the Shapiro, Ben Shapiro impression of Biden. I mean, he's incredible with it. If you ever get the chance, if you haven't heard it, go listen to it. Yeah, I heard about this with Biden. I think he's just an idiot, didn't know what he was actually saying, but I think the message is still the same. They've been trying to take kids for a century, right? 
I mean, they have taken kids first century. Take them back. Homeschool. Um, be extremely involved in your children's lives. And, you know, build, build an army that isn't just fighting, but is fighting for something. Building a reckoning. Um, my Betty tweets. <laughs> this is all time here. Um, and you know, you gotta be careful with Twitter with, with Benny tweets as well, because there's a lot of troll accounts, you know, people trying to make fun of the left, which I'm all for. So I always look beyond just the initial tweet and this is definitely legit. Um, and we always call them out, right? Alyssa McKenzie um, at Alley Alley Out and Free. So it's a quote tweet. The original tweet says, Breaking Florida Senate committee has unanimously passed a bill that would give the death penalty to those who commit sexual crimes against children. Phenomenal. I mean, <laughs> it's... Uh, it's great. She, Allie Allie out and free, quotes tweets this with a red like alert emoji. I'm warning all LGBTQ plus Floridians, members of the media, lawyers, attorneys, allies, and essentially anyone who will listen. I understand the seriousness of what I'm about to say. This law will be used to murder LGBTQ plus people or anyone who affirms LGBTQ plus youth. <laughs> Publius has talked about it already this season. They are going to try to add a P to the alphabet. I'm surprised she didn't use the uh, two S, two spirit. Sometimes I feel two spirit, you know? They're going to try to add a P for pedophilia or pedophiles. Doubt me. Try. None of you will, but the people you know will. They're insane. That's nuts. We'll never get there. Are you fucking kidding me? Transgenderism is the worst evil on the planet. It is demonic. It's the only thing that makes sense. You have a population 20 years ago. That's about 0.2% of the entirety of the world. Now, I saw this yesterday. You have an estimated LGBTQ plus IA2S divided by equals multiplied by population in the Gen Z um, demographic of an estimation, again, of 19.7%. 19 point... What? Come on. What's what's the next one going to look like? What's the one after that going to look like? They've been trying to affirm pedophiles for... I mean, all time. But, you know... There has to be a line. I do think this is a line... That I think, you know, we can win. I think we can win. It's, it's, this law will be used to murder LGBT people or anyone who affirms. I always say LGBTQIA plus. So, you know, she's kind of a bigot, but, oh man, tough. I saw that and I said that has many tweets written all over it. Um, I do have one more here because <laughs> you know we got to pour one out tonight for for Tucker Carlson. Um, he was my absolute favorite on Fox on on television. Period um, behind Rush. I would put him probably 
Number three, uh, personally, on my inspirations for, for, for the podcast, for, you know, wanting to go down this road, um, Glenn Beck being second. But, you know, what happened to Tucker Fox in the long run is fantastic. Um, in the moment, this week is BS. We all know it. We'll see what the real reason is. You know, chances that Tucker signed a NDA to not say why he was actually fired and got, you know, a couple million dollars as a result. Pretty high. Um, you know, rumors that Rupert Murdoch, the chairman of Fox, you know, Tucker went into a spiritual um, segment on a show on Friday, his last show. Um, and rumor is that Murdoch doesn't like that stuff. So, you know, was that the reason? I, who knows? <laughs> is it good? It is. And it's especially good because as Ben Shapiro saw in one of his shows this week, what's great about it is that not but a few hours later, Don Limon from CNN was also let go from CNN. And that was overshadowed by Tucker. And he's always lived in Tucker's shadow. So it's it's pretty amusing. Um, this is from Bill Crystal. Bill Crystal was, he's a rhino. And he was part of uh, George H.W. Bush, Bush 1. Um, his administration He's been around D.C. for decades. Um, he said, Carlson and Fox know plenty that could damage the other. They'll settle into a wary truce. The third corner of this axis of evil is Trump. These three will joust and maneuver, but they'll end up bound together by their common aim of destroying the rule of law and decent politics. <sighs> Somebody replied and said, how is it living a meaningless life? I have the same question because I, I don't know what the hell he's trying to say. These people speak into nothing. I mean, there's what? 1,700 likes for a cuck from the 90s? Come on. Come on, bro. Try to stay relevant, okay? And... Yeah, I, I had to share that one. I didn't want to do two, but I was like, yeah, that's that's pretty good. So, but getting into the more major topics of the show, I want to circle back real quickly. I'm going to try to be quick with this. Um, Pooh and Justinian discussed last week about the news that... The 9-11 hijackers were CIA recruits. Okay. This is this is a UK um, publication, which is interesting. And I sit on this show. Poobus and I did a, you know, I can't remember what episode that was, where we talked about our our greatest conspiracies and things we believed and can we back it up basically. I said on that show that Osama bin Laden is framed and that he's not actually the one behind 9-11. This, once again, speaks to that. And it goes back to <laughs> the Saudis who actually carried out 9-11. And that's not really even a conspiracy theory at all. Um, Osama bin Laden was this also a CIA plant from the eighties when they trained him and Al Qaeda essentially, because they were trying to, you know, fight the Soviets or whatever. Um, it's, it's pretty funny to be honest. And, You know, this article says there's a 50-50 chance of Saudi involvement. Okay. Well, guess what? How did these guys get get into the United States if they were known 
terrorists, whatever that's supposed to mean to the United States government these days. And we're on CIA and FBI watch lists. You read the article and you find out that the FBI was like, who the hell are these guys? And they basically had to shut up because the CIA was saying, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. They're, they're nobody. They're going to get us closer to Osama bin Laden. What, what, what did Osama bin Laden know is what I want to know. What did he present against the Saudis, against the Soviets, and then against the United States? that he's still kind of this face of terrorism, you know, 22 years after 9-11. It just once again backs up the, and again, I don't, I don't think George W. Bush uh, planned 9-11. I love the memes, don't get me wrong. But I really don't think... From what I've come to understand, the government is not capable of things like that. What they are capable of is letting things slip through the cracks and looking the other way. And then shrugging when it happens. We see it time and time again in these school shootings or in these, um, you know, the nightclub shooting in, in Orlando. You know, all, all of these that these people are, you know, supposedly known um, potential threats to the public and somehow they still carry it out. Well, what the fuck's the point? What, what are we paying taxes for? The point of us paying taxes is so that way, you know, Joe Green from the, the old PD department, you know, can come to the door if I'm being robbed. I'm here to remind everybody to stay strapped or get clapped because the police aren't coming to save you. And in this case, the CIA ain't coming to save you. They're the ones trying to kill you. Okay. I'd love, and I, 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 I would want to do it very well to get deep into the CIA um, history and look beyond, you know, the shield get get in there I don't know we'll see we'll see maybe that's a series we do on Gaza maybe that's a series we do on here but I wanted to bring this back just because they mentioned it I had seen it and I really wanted to talk about it but obviously I wasn't on last week um, and that brings me to my primary point <laughs> Joe Biden and Kamala Kamala as I like to call her, announced their re-election run for 2024 this week with a three-minute video posted online in which they didn't discuss anything they've accomplished, anything that they've done, because there is nothing to discuss. The whole thing was about Look, look, folks, it's either us or it's this joker from New York. Who are you going to pick? Are you going to pick the guy that's under, you know, indictment and that's, you know, facing criminal charges? Or are you going to pick, you know, Uncle Joe in knee pads? Come on. Come on, folks. It's an easy, 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 easy choice. Easy. That's it. That's all the video was. It was flashes of January 6th. The video literally opened with January 6th. You know, the worst day in the history of the planet. And then they flashed to, you know, abortion is healthcare um, in front of the Supreme Court. And I mean, it's pretty much exactly what I thought it was going to be. I mean, I, I, what are they going to run on? 16% inflation and, you know, more unresolved conflicts throughout the country. <clears throat> In, listen, 
this goes back to when Glenn Beck said in 2008 and in 2016. 2008, Barack Obama, 2016, Donald Trump. They are going to fundamentally change the United States of America. We all know Obama did. He's the one that created this chaos. Trump, I think, amplified it. I don't think he fundamentally changed. I mean, he may have fundamentally changed the GOP forever. Uh, that may never be a thing again, unified at least. But I'd say he just amplified Obama's um, objectives. You know, anybody that thought Joe Biden was a moderate, I mean, just go back and look at his record. Go back, look at his record. Any independent, I said, I want someone in the middle picked the wrong person. Biden is always been further left than anybody. The most middle person we've had, <laughs> we've had as president in the last 50 years is Trump. Which is extremely ironic, obviously. We all know this, though. And so the question becomes for us. It's twofold. First, who can beat Biden? And second, do we want Biden to lose? If we're sitting here talking about the Whiskey Rebellion, if you're sitting here listening to this podcast, the chances that you don't see the United States ever coming back to its former glory or becoming what it was supposed to be uh, 240 years ago, you know, we, we, we know where we're going. Right? We're all on the same page. If Trump wins, the chances that he loses to Biden are pretty high. But let's say Trump wins 2024. Or let's say let's say DeSantis wins 2024. Is the avalanche that we're on right now able to be stopped? That's the question that we have to answer. Because I'm already thinking about 2028. I don't think 2024 is the most important election of our lifetime. I'm thinking about 2028. When there's either a new face of the DNC or a new face of the GOP. Actually, both, I guess. There's no way Trump would have run in 2028. I mean, who knows? But there's no way. <clears throat> we can't survive 12. I mean, it'd be 16 years. By the time it's over. 16 years of that much divisiveness. We're barely holding on from seven years. Barely holding on. I guess really, you know, three years you know, COVID. So why not lose? Why not go into that voting booth when it's time for the primaries, check Trump's name because you know he can't beat Biden. Barring Biden's death and Kamala running, there's just no damn way. There's just no damn way. Even, even if the GOP could somehow, you know, rig the election like the Dems do, we'd still lose. We'd. They'd still lose. So why not let Biden win? You're telling me Biden's going to be able to, one, stay alive another four years. Two, you're telling me that administration with the absolute worst press secretary I've ever seen with the worst cabinet I've ever seen, the worst military agenda I've ever seen, any of us have ever seen, especially the military. You're telling me that they're going to be able to hold on for another fucking four years? No fucking way. No way. And so what comes in 2028? An absolute landslide beyond a red wave. I'm talking a libertarian wave. 
I'm talking anarchio, um, capitalism, populism wave. Okay. My roommate in college, we won a grandpa. That was our guy. But he said, I don't think he could win unless it got so bad that his ideas are the most radical and that's what everybody wants to see. Imagine 2028 comes around. We're in the the new depression. One that make FDRs, you know. <laughs> There's so many words I could use. One that would make FDR jealous because he'd be licking his chops. You know, new deals everywhere. And we don't even care who the Dems run because we've got our pick of Rand Paul, you know, some other up and coming uh, libertarian in, in the Libertarian Party or within the GOP. Or, I mean, who the hell knows? A new party. If we're talking about the future of not just America, but the world, if we're talking about the future of our children, our grandchildren, great-grandchildren, we want them to have more, better opportunities than us. Then we need a reset. And the only reset button that can be hit is in November 2024 when Joe Biden wins re-election. Because there's just no way. There's just no way they can win again after that. They can't hold on. You, you may be able to suppress a city, a state. You can't suppress an entire nation with your liberal agenda. You can't. People in the middle will never accept it because you want pedophiles to be free. You want them to be able to do what they want. You're promoting, you know, gender mutilation, sex reassignment surgery for 12 year olds who don't even know. Well, I mean, they definitely know these days what sex is, but. 12 year olds who don't who, who still want to be might want to be a firefighter when they're older there's no way and that's what the right that's what our side has to run on post 2024 run it back one more time best of three trump versus biden sure if we won i don't even know what i would say we would throw a absolute party here at the gas and brass I mean, this podcast, I mean, I'll, I'll shoot it live and pop bottles. That being said, if we won, <laughs> I don't know how we're going to hold on. You can only put so many logs down on the dam before, no matter what, that water is going to break. The idea, I know, of another four years, I'm talking a blue wave in 2024. Let them have it all. You know what we're going to do in the meantime? We're going to buy guns. We're going to buy ammo. And we're going to stock up. And we're going to get ready. And then when the elitists think they've finally won, they've, they've finally done it, Every, there's just no way they can hold on for four more years. They may be able to patch it at the moment, but go ahead. Let inflation keep going. Let gas prices keep going up. You've normalized $3, let's normalize 4 You've normalized 4 let's normalize 5 You've normalized 8% inflation, let's normalize 10 Go ahead. Keep taking our money. Keep fucking up taxes. I swear to God, I know everybody I know this year had a problem with their taxes. Mrs. Benevolence and I had to pay out the ass for our taxes. I'm talking thousands of dollars. I'm still <laughs> pissed that I bootlicked and paid him. But 
you know, I get it. But listen, I want I want everybody to think on that. If we win 2024, are we really going to win? Is a temporary fix going to be enough? Or do we need to wait for the permanent solution? Personally, I lean towards permanent solution at the moment. Ask me a year from now, who knows? Maybe that's different. I just think about Publius and you know his son. I think about friends of ours, their kids, or just friends of ours in general. You know, we're young, and we're supposed to have the world in front of us. Granted, nobody's promised anything, but when it was taken from us versus something of our own doing. That's when I have a problem with it. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts, if anybody has any. With that said, before I sign off, I'm going to be making some changes at the Gathering Press to the site. And um, I really think there may be some opportunity there uh, to take this thing up a notch. We'll see. It's, it's, it's going to take a lot of work, and it's tough with a day job, but you know, there have been some advertising opportunities, which would be extremely exciting. Um, there've been plenty of guests over the last, and honestly, that's what made us start everything back up again. Um, people that want to come on the podcast, get interviewed. Um, it's all extremely, you know, humbling, exciting. I I mean, I, I just lose my mind and granted we're nobody, maybe they're nobody, but you know what? We're connected. We're trying to build something together. And that's what it's about for me. The Gaz and Press, this podcast, it's been a dream of mine since I was 10 years old. You know, listening to Glenn Beck on CNN and Fox News. And, you know, listening to Rush. Um, I think some of our ideas for the Gazden have done well. Some of them haven't. Um, and so we're going to try to open the site up to kind of become more of a conversational and question based, um, focus. And we're going to have a forum on there for people to ask me or Publius, ask the Whiskey Rebellion questions to ask Justinian questions, um, or Vic or Paul or Rex, um, on the Gadsden, and then we're also considering, you know, creating a guest post um, feature on Gadsden where, you know, I will personally edit the content and publish it on the site. And, you know, you can be behind an alias or you can use your real name, whatever you choose, you can do whatever you want with it. Um, but I think it'd be pretty cool. You know, I've, I've done a couple of things like that before not political things, um, but where I've published on other sites. And it's always pretty um, exciting to see your content out there in the wild um, amongst other people. And then you see kind of views or shares go up and you're like, wow, you know, other people care what I had to say. Um, and I think that's especially true with the Gaddison Press, with Whiskey Rebellion. You know, anytime we get one view, I get excited. And I, I want to I share that with other people. It'll also help the site. You know, we need more content. And, you know, I can only say <laughs> so many things a week without, you know, having a heart attack. So with that said, some new things will be coming. Extremely excited. Listen, if you have feedback, if you have questions, shoot me an email. Um, Benevolus at thegasmpress.com. Um, always humbled to be behind the mic. Wish Publius was with me, but you know, it is what it is. I do enjoy getting on here by myself and talking with y'all. Um, if there's anything for the audience, for any of you to take away from tonight, it is think about the long game. You know, we're always in fight or flight mode, right? We're always in fight mode at this point. Well, what if, what if we take a flight for a second and we kind of go for a ride before we're coming back down and doing something else. Let's, 
Let's take the punch back to them. Let's play their game. They played the game for the last century. It's our turn. All right? Sometimes you've got to, you know, give up the current pose for the radical ends. I think this is our opportunity. And if you believe it, run with it. Encourage people. Listen, we can't last forever. No empire has. And we've lived a thousand in our short 240 years. But if I know anything, I said, America does believe in itself. And though many of her children hate her, and though they don't respect those that have come before, that have laid their lives down, she still loves them. And she still wants the best for them. And if that's going to not change, then we we may have to take one on the chin. So that way future generations don't need to. Get strapped or get clapped. Buy guns, buy ammo. Stock out. You know? It's time for us to take the war to them. Encourage everybody to give Rules for Radicals by Saul Alinsky or Reed. Cheap on Amazon. You probably find it on eBay or something. Read it. I'm, I'm dead serious. He's not a great writer. So it's kind of a difficult read, but read it. A lot of things will make sense. And when you realize by the end of the book, he's not just talking about the left. We could, we could do the same thing. You might have a few new ideas. Always honored. Hope everybody has a great weekend, has a great week. And, um, yeah, this is Benevolus signing off of the Whiskey Rebellion podcast. And, um, yeah, next time, hopefully Publius is with me. That way we can uh, make sure that Gazden flag is going to fly forever.